Hungry Trilobite podcast would like to start by acknowledging SoonerCon. The longest-running pop culture con in Oklahoma has a new look, a new mascot, and a fantastic guest list. Join us in Norman, Oklahoma, June 30th through July 2nd, 2023, and meet celebrities such as Billy West, John Scalzi, Erica Harlicker, and John Swayze. Visit SoonerCon.com to reserve your membership. Welcome to today's episode of the Hungry Trilobite Podcast. My name is Aaron Bossig, and I'm going to be your host. There is nothing I enjoy more than seeing a new comic creation come to life, and if it's something new and original, that's even better. Today's guest, Zach Howard, has something that you're going to want to check out right away, and you're going to get the details during the show. Let's get started with Zach right now. We have Zach Howard. How are you doing on this fine Saturday? Great. Nice to meet you. How are you? Doing great. Zach, you have done a lot of work in the comic industry. You've worked on all my favorite characters, but today I stumbled across this project of yours called Moonshine Bigfoot. Yes. And I'm eager to talk about this because it's rare that I can say this is truly different and a lot of fun. Well, thank you. Uh, yeah, we're, uh, uh, we're doing uh, a ridiculous uh, image series called Moonshine Bigfoot. Uh, and, uh, we paused our other projects, uh, uh, when this started developing, uh, because I think all of us were, uh, longing for a little fun, uh, rather than drawing yet another heavy, morose comic book, uh, which seems like most comic books are nowadays, unfortunately, and the, there, there's a big hole and opportunity, I think, for well- well-produced comedic action or action comedies rather and satire etc and i think that's what we're doing with moonshine bigfoot the comedic action is definitely coming through there i'm seeing a lot of the the vibe i used to get with the comics i would read in the mid to late 80s where they were much more free about mixing in humor with the superhero action and i want to say from what i've seen there doesn't seem to be any spandex in this story not that i'm aware of people oh actually uh um, it might be latex. I don't know. The The main bad guy, Thaddeus, who are heir apparent to the Illuminati, who's desperately uh, uh, trying to uh, figure out uh, what, uh, I don't want to give away too much story, but he's going to be our antagonist uh, for our, our good old boy, Moonshine Bigfoot himself, who's just trying to have a, a nice, simple life. And, and now uh, his most recent batch of Moonshine has something in it that is going to potentially change the world. So it got the attention of uh, the our version of the Illuminati. And But to digress, the heir apparent is really big on uh, form-fitting bodysuits. Okay. <laughs> Other than that, though, to your point, yeah, not more cut-off jeans than uh, spandex. And I'm looking at this. I haven't read it, uh, obviously. Yeah. But the gist I'm getting is this is like... Dukes of Hazard meets X-Files. Pretty darn close. Wow. You you may have nailed it more than anyone else I've talked to. Uh, and I'm glad that came through. So uh, uh, oddly enough, uh, my uh, the guy who's writing it, he's actually a theater actor and screenwriter who's a good friend of mine. We were on a road trip in the middle of the night trying to keep each other up, driving through the mountains of Colorado. And uh, we were doing like we always do, bitch about Hollywood. And uh, 
uh, it came up where uh, we're just making fun of why do they keep trying to retread a tire, not even retread it. They just do the same thing again and again, i.e. the Dukes of Hazard remakes. I'm like, how many are you going to make of these? It's the same thing again and again, and you're kind of missing the point and the spirit of how fun it was when we were kids to watch these two uh, good old boys outwit all the bumbling idiots uh, in Hazard County and, and stuff like that. Uh, uh, so we're, we're just saying, quit remaking the same thing. Let's make something new. If you are going to make Dukes of Hazard 7, have Bigfoot driving the damn car or something. And thus, six months later, we had we, the universe basically wrote itself. And it's become uh, a loving satire of uh, Americana pop culture when I was growing up. Let's just say we said it about 1981. That way we can pull on the, the mid-late 70s, uh, Smoking the Bandit, BJ and the Bear, G4, Speed Racer, all those things that were, were coming out then. And also lean on things on the other side of 1981, uh, uh, like... Uh, to your point, X-Files, which I'll circle back to that if there's an interesting tie into that. Uh, but uh, all the movies, Ghostbusters. And that's a good one to say for comedies. Everybody loves Ghostbusters, and for good reason. It's one of the funniest, best movies ever made. But what makes it great is not just that it's funny. There's, there's endearing characters taking you on a nice three-act structure of a story. that, And when they're endearing and funny... I think that amplifies how much you love those people and how much you're going to root for them. And you become more, uh, again, empathetic towards the character and their successes uh, rather than just being a benign voyeur just to see what happens. And uh, we want you to be the former, come on this journey with us while you're doing it, laughing at uh, the perceived innocence that we all had as children, I think, growing up in the Gen X era of TV shows, multimedia, the first wave of Japanese animation, and all the, all the shows and movies that you could just go and have fun with and leave, and they affected you, but it, it didn't come at a price. The, the heavy weight of uh, social, political uh, 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 upheavals and things that seem to be dominating uh, media and comics nowadays would obviously social change is paramount that we we help evolve our society for everyone however i think in comic books right now it, it's so serious and so heavy-handed we forgot to learn to laugh about things and uh there's a big hole in in the industry that could could use a little uh laugh out loud action adventure comic books there's so much I could pick apart right there. And it, it's, it might be kismet that earlier this morning, I was watching the original Ninja Turtles cartoon yeah. and there was a Leatherhead episode on. And I just happened to say to myself, is Leatherhead the original Florida man story? <laughs> That's hilarious, man. Okay, Maybe. Thank you. But Maybe. I'm going somewhere with, I'm going somewhere with this. Is that I just started thinking of, you know, the types of, things that we would have thought of, of characters like that like you know the old nes game bayou billy you know i remember that too yes it was a terrible game but we all had it we all played yes it. every single one of us that had a nintendo yeah because it was uh it came out and nobody liked it so they marked it down to like half price and then everybody bought it and again nobody liked it but it was so <laughs> cheap everybody had it yes yeah 
but, but what I'm getting is like there was a five minute span where the Florida Everglades and related environs were like the 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 sentimental thing that we thought was cool at that point in time. I agree with you. It's kind of like our American version of down to earth guy and mm-hmm. uh, kind of like the everyman that we root for in stories. You mm-hmm. kind of want to see the person that is a little bit more capable than you, but still simple enough and approachable that uh, you can feel tethered to them. They're not just some super being, you know, uh, like Superman or something like that. Uh, when you have a guy that just grows up in the swamp and can take on anything, I think people can identify with that hero's journey coming from nothing and being able to stand up and do the the brave things, uh, whether they end up being comedic or not. Uh, I think that's what we all long for as far as our in our storytelling journeys. So, 50 years before that, it would have been Tarzan, the same idea, different forest. Yeah, and remember when we had the Australian invasion and suddenly mm-hmm. everybody wanted to be an outback guy, you know, mm-hmm. but it, it always seems to be uh, humble beginnings that are kind of down to earth that seems to be the trope and the through line through all these stories. And uh, I think Moonshine has that too. It's just a good old boy trying to live his simple life, not hurt anybody. And next thing you know, he has to fight the Illuminati. That was almost the next words out of my mouth is that the common thread in all these stories is that left to their own devices, the dude in the forest would stay in the forest. Yes. He's always pushed out of that by forces beyond his control, and he's not happy about it. Yes, Joseph Campbell kicks him in the butt, and he has to go on a space adventure, right? Mm-hmm. So, uh, yes, yes. I, I think, obviously, that's paramount. Not all stories have to be that, but if you're going to tell a coming-of-age story, there's a reason they call it the the hero's journey because I think we like to see people we can identify with people that come from simple origins but find the bravery in themselves and the tenacity to do what is right and stand up against whatever uh evils come their way and and stand up for their friends and loved ones as well and usually their humble origins bring with them a skill set that everybody else around them doesn't have. Yes, something unique. Mm-hmm. Uh, our guy happens to be uh, old Moonshine Bigfoot himself. He's uh, really good at uh, uh, jumping cars and uh, getting Moonshine to the speakeasy without the cops catching him. And uh, uh, and he loves his girlfriend. So that's that's another thing that I think is important about our book. Uh our side characters, we built this Alice in Wonderland surrealist world around, uh, ooh, bringing the X-Files things, around Moonshine Bigfoot, who is our Scully from X-Files, basically, our grounding element. So the the technical fantasy character of our book, Bigfoot, is going to be the foundational uh, uh, common sense Occam's Razor uh, character that everybody else satellites around it's the rest of the world that's crazy not bigfoot and uh we're really happy with how we set it up and now he's the grounding element for uh again this absurdist vision that we came up with when i sat down to talk to you here i it was not my intent to get all sid field on comic book writing <laughs> that, that really wasn't what i was going for but now that i i've gone that route i do there, there is something that also occurred to me while I'm flipping through your uh, your sample image here is I re- really didn't like the fact that over the last 20 years 
comic books really shrunk down to being just the spandex superheroes. Yeah. And that's really all it was. And prior to that, up until like the early 80s, there were so many different genres that did very well in comics. You could go to a shop and you could get teen romance or Western or war or horror. And it's like right now we're seeing that slowly come back. Hopefully. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. See, part of it's just the, the, the industry trying to figure itself out. The money left. The print industry is left. Now, is the comics medium leaving? No, it was here before we even probably had any type of language. We were drawing each other pictographs to tell a story. Uh, and after we die, the aliens are going to sift through our ashes and find pictures to tell a story. So the, the comics medium will always be here. How the, the, the dissemination and vehicle from which we digest it is going to be different and varied. Uh, print media is probably going to become a niche media. Uh, where uh, a digital, whatever form of digital VR, everything that's coming will be the new portals. How it's disseminated, who knows? I think we're in the Wild West, kind of an awkward transition period right now. However, with all that money evaporating from the industry, the only people that really have budgets uh, are the big two. And, uh, you know, Dark Horse and IDW, they are they barely have budgets and they, they manage it very tightly. So there's not a lot of room to discover the new mask. If it's the next creator that's going to come up with the new crazy comic book, um, because it's very difficult to take chances on that. It's hard to do another TMNT in this point in time because there's really not that in, uh, uh, zeitgeist to support indie creators. Uh, uh, for a long time and there there's always been that market i mean wild blue yonder was uh my first kickstarter I ever ever did that i my creator own book and it i could it, that did wildly unexpectedly more uh, uh sales and money and popularity than i possibly could have ever imagined uh however you know if that book came out in 1990 i'd be uh talking to you in my g5 right now so there's just a different scale of, of money that comes out of the comic book industry. And unfortunately, within that, that means small independent creator-owned stuff has a, a very difficult uh, proposition ahead of them for funding, for distribution, for uh, getting it in front of people. But to your point, we're getting to, a, we're evolving crowdfunding as it gets more ubiquitous with with uh original creation uh and people are, are are more accepting of it on a societal level this is how we support the new tmnt this is how we support the new mask and things like that uh whatever just whatever your poison is we all have our own own flavors that we like uh this is how it's going to happen and uh uh so if you do find something interesting and i'm not even saying moonshine be willing to support them. A few bucks can, uh, everybody gives a few bucks. You can find the next superstar. You can have the next uh, 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 Skybound happen because, you know, I remember when Kirkman was in a little booth in San Diego at my first convention and he was doing Battle Pope and nobody would pay him attention the first time I saw it. So supporting certain people, that that's how you get greatness sometimes. So I, I, I to your point, I think we're, we're getting uh, in an era where people are willing to, hey, I'm going to bet a few bucks here 
to see if this thing that that kind of got my attention is going to become something. I'm going to help support this next creator. So instead of drawing Aquaman backup annuals, they're they're doing the book that they love and are going to put their passion into. And uh, uh, so I think we're getting to that era now. It's really fun to sit here and talk about story ideas and art styles. I mean, I, I dig that. But we do kind of have to look at the money angle here because you're exactly right that that is what's holding back people from taking risks, companies from taking risks. And Kickstarter has been a good way around that, to, to reiterate your point there. I want to, you know, we always want to be careful which projects we support, but I, I do want to strongly agree with you that when you see something you like and you see a Kickstarter available for it, you really have to get in then to do it. You might not get a second chance to support that project. So always being careful, say, hey, if you, if like, I, I strongly encourage somebody to come and look at your Kickstarter because if you're hearing this episode as it hits the feed this upcoming Thursday, you have about three or four days left to go ahead and check out Moonshine Bigfoot. And I'm, I'm going to make sure all the links are in the show notes to do just that. Appreciate it. And uh, and yeah, it's a gamble doing Kickstarter. Yeah, I think there'll be two days left. Uh, there'll be backer kit after. So if you still want the book, uh, you can order the book after you just can't support the campaign. Mm -hmm. uh, Keychains and things like that. You can get merch, which we have some fun merch. Uh, oddly, our beer coasters are outselling everything, uh, but uh, which is fun. Um, but uh, Kickstarter, is it a chance? Oh my gosh, yes. There's going to be some projects and we know some very famous stories of even longtime creators basically grifting from people. It's really unfortunate because then there's people like me that are tired of making companies rich. And I have made, I mean, I've done a few books that have made the Shaun of the Dead was in print for 14 years and I got zero royalty checks. So that money went somewhere and uh, uh, things like that. Am I proud to be part of all the legacy? Hellboy was true honor that Mike Mignola wrote me a script for Hellboy. How cool was that? All these, I've been part of some very wonderful projects and oh my gosh, am I proud to be part of them and, and, uh, uh, and everything that comes with that and all the creators I got to work with. However, my true joy comes from when I own my own thing. And I, I'm the reason I started comic books, uh, I started with image, literally my, my outside of the Hellboy resource manual, uh, my first two comic books were two image series. So my heart is indie. It's just really, really, really hard to fund it now. Uh, and Kickstarter is really our only vehicle. We have Steve Ellis. He's 32-year pro. He has bills to pay. Uh, we have myself doing finishes and co-writing. I'm basically a showrunner for the series and liaison for image and everything like that. Uh, uh, I have bills to pay and we can all, Nelson Daniel, you know, one of the most celebrated colorists in the history of comic books. Uh, uh, we have to pay him. So we're all tightening our, our, our belts to do this project, but we still have some bills to pay. So it, it, it really helps us. Oh my gosh, it helps us. So we don't have to do miserable jobs that we, we grudgingly pencil through or ink through or whatever we have to do just to pay the bills to get time in the middle of the night than to do a, our own book. We had rather put 100% of our passion into Moonshine Bigfoot, bring everybody on this journey uh, of a comedic action adventure. We have 75 years of comic book experience between the talent alone 
more award, a box full of awards. We're, we're coming with firepower like you've never seen. So we're not only doing a fun comedy, uh, action comedy at least, uh, we're going to be bringing artwork at a level that you normally don't see on, you don't see in many comic books. I think, I think visually we'll be able to compete with any book on the shelf in the industry. And I, I, I'm not just trying to boast. I, I challenge anybody to show me a book that's going to look better than ours. So I think our package is unique. Uh, and by helping us, you help us actually make this darn thing without it being, we can put more of our energy uh, into doing something we enjoy, which I think will come through in the book rather than again, doing this, these side jobs and uh, uh, just retreading tires for, for big companies. I, I should confess um, when I was talking earlier about, you know, looking over the, the project and, and making sure you know what you're putting money to in my head, I had to realize I had heard earlier episodes that were specifically about Kickstarters that went sideways. And I, I felt I should own that for the sake of the audience before I said, but when you find a project that is truly worth it, like yours is, it's you should jump in with both feet. And I'm not trying to talk out of both sides of my mouth. Like for every project I've had to shake my finger at, there are 10 that I want to support. And yours is definitely one of them there. And I, I, I want to look at and say, what do you have planned for the future after this series is done? Do you have potential for, for taking the story in different directions? Absolutely. Uh, uh, so we're doing this. Luckily, we have just enough funding to make do. We could use a little more, obviously, to, to again, so we can eat food while we're making this. But uh, 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 after this project, it, it was as a guest, as fortunate to be a guest at C2E2 here a few weeks ago. And we launched, debuted uh, the trailer, the uh, uh, Kickstarter campaign. Uh, we were doing free sketches for people, backers of the campaign at the show. Uh, it caught wildfire. We funded in 11 hours. We made uh, kick tracks. We were number three in the world, blah, blah, blah. And I swear, almost everybody that walked by our table stopped. And it was because there's something, there, we think we got lightning in a bottle here. I think we're capturing something that has, a, to your point, when the last time you really had fun in a comic book consistently as an industry was the late eighties. And I would bring up like justice league international ambush book, suicide squad grew things like that, that were really well done, but their ultimate was, goal was to make sure you had a good time, not a heavy heart at the end of it. And uh, obviously there's room for everything. There's combinations for everything, but our goal with this is to celebrate the innocence of, like my childhood when I was seven and eight and and when you didn't worry about geopolitical struggles, you just went in and really wanted to root for these 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 I, I guess these simple shows that that's all their only goal was to entertain you. It, it was true escapism for a little while. Um, and now we think we caught something, a lightning in a bottle here. Image picked it up immediately off of a concept drawing in a paragraph that I wrote, uh, uh, since then we've, we've built this thing out tremendously. Uh, but with it having the uh, zeal that people seem to be following it, we already do have a sequel planned. It's called, uh, for people of uh, our generation, sir, it's, uh, we'll definitely get this. It's called Canada Ball Run. So ah. that's right. 
we're bringing the 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 noise with this. So the next one is going to be him running uh, illegal ma maple syrup across the border. So uh, yeah, sorry, spoiler. Moonshine Bigfoot lives. So, oh, okay. Well, yeah. darn. Yeah. So, uh, but uh, uh, we have fun while doing it, and there'll be a reason he has to leave his home at the end, uh, where he is right now, which is the the deep south border of Alabama and Georgia. That's where uh, he bumped out when he was an orphan Bigfoot baby. And uh, we give homage to the Superman origin. That's how and is picked up by a kindly pair of childless moonshiners. And they raise him as their own hairy boy. We don't give enough thought. I mean, you do. But generally speaking, the, the, the industry doesn't give enough thought to just having fun with comics. Like I, I remember when I would go through my collection as a kid and my friends would be kind of looking over my shoulder. They didn't really talk about, like you said, the heavy geopolitical stuff or even the broad themes. They would pick up a certain issue and say, wait, why is Superman beating up Batman? Yeah. At that, that moment, that thought of, oh, wow, I have to know what this story is all about is what gets you to read. Like when you find out you have a Bigfoot running you know, bootlegs, like, wait, I have to read the story. Is this, that, that, and there were so many comics, especially in the 50s and 60s, that they would specialize in making weird covers just to make you want to read the story. And that's that's a feature, not a bug. Yeah, I agree. I agree. It's a strength. And it, it should be harnessed because the, the beauty of the comic book medium, there's no ceiling. It, it it expands in every direction. There's no rules. You can do anything you want because there's you coming up with an idea and drawing it is technically there's no budget. You don't have to get a crane for the camera or anything like that. You can do dynamic things. You can do comic strip things that are very simple. There's just no rules. And I've read, I've read amazing serious stories, obviously. I've met amazing comedies. Uh, to your point, back in the 50s, EC Comics, brilliant job for making covers that made you, what the hell is happening? I got to open this. Um, Silver Age was still experimenting. Uh, to your point, they'd have romance comedies. They'd have satires of those romance comedies. They would have, it's so, it can go every direction. If Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles wasn't, if, if two guys that couldn't get in the industry didn't want to make fun of Daredevil, that would have never happened. And now I got to draw a TMNT. In fact, it's one of the things I'm known for. And it's an honor. It's been my whole childhood. And I miss that fun when everything's about, look, obviously society needs some help right now. We got to figure out how to fix it and make it available for everyone and enjoyable for everyone. Uh, uh, and we have to do that. However, sometimes art is so affected by it it almost our our field of vision has gotten so narrow it, we're only allowing art pa to pass through this little funnel of vision on people and, and and companies are so scared to do anything and uh you get people bitching about you know, robin's new costume or something like that everything is wrong with everything and and everybody's yelling at each other and it, it just seems like somewhere along the way we forgot the joy that this medium is supposed to bring us to your point when when you and your friends got the the superman versus batman why are they fighting i gotta i gotta run home and read this right now or i read it on the way home as you're walking down the street 
almost getting hit by buses and stuff just because you got to know why Wolverine's being crucified in the rain or something like that. And you just got to know. And there was a certain magic and fun in it rather than waiting to get angry about something or telling the same damn story again and again and again. But now Batman has a cell phone or something. You know, it, it, I think there's more to each their own. And there's obviously a place for those amazing trope characters. There's a reason they're brands and there's a reason companies have to protect them and not just let anybody do anything with them because there's kids wearing Batman underwear and have Batmobile cars and they make movies and cereal and blah, blah, blah. So they can't just have Batman out just changing and doing all sorts of crazy stuff. Um, but on the flip side, I wish people would take that less seriously and take creators trying to entertain you a little bit more seriously because there's people out there that are really trying to bring you the highest quality comic that they can because it matters to them. It just deeply matters to them to do their best on something. And my goal in life is to entertain people and to affect them with my storytelling. And I've done a lot of deep, dark stories. I've only done one comedy in my career. And I was recently discussing uh, uh, with a production company that wanted to buy a license for it. It was called Outer Orbit for Dark Horse. Sean Murphy and I did it in 2005. Uh, and it had some success then, almost was a television series, blah, 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 those things fail. Uh, but somehow it, it uh, uh, got a little more traction and suddenly I'm getting calls and emails about people wanting to make a movie out of it. Uh, uh, and that's a long process. Who knows if that'll ever happen. But while I was uh, negotiating that, I was just remembering that might be the last time I actually had fun while making a comic book, literally laughing every day. Uh, Sean Murphy and I and the screenwriter uh, uh Every day we were laughing while making this and we're trying to out joke each other in the backgrounds of our panels and all of the stuff that doesn't happen when you're doing, you know, these heavy major, majorly edited books. And I miss that feeling. I, I do a lot of, I, I'm really proud of my career and the books I've done, but I, I just haven't done many comedies and, and especially a well-made action adventure comedy. Uh, I'm used to just comic books having one-liners and stuff like James Gunn has in his movies, uh, which don't really, I don't think those have a lasting effect as far as a legacy story. They're not going to stick with you forever. Uh, whereas, again, I, I hearken back to Ghostbusters, those types of movie, a well-written well story about characters you fall in love with on a wacky adventure is a lot better than daredevil sticking or uh deadpool rather sticking his head out of a car just saying chimichanga so and and that's what we're trying to make and no i'm not disparaging deadpool and all that stuff that it, there's a reason there's a legacy for that character uh he does entertain a lot of people but to my point i'm trying to build a foundational story and universe that people can fall in love with and want to see what happened happens and they want to go along on the adventure with these people rather than just some voyeur looking through the window to see what batman's new costume is you're it's like you're reading my mind here because <laughs> i was thinking as we're talking about and, and i respect the ability of comics to talk about the issues we have in the world that's a very important thing and the people that 
feel compelled to do that need to have the tools to do that. Please Absolutely. do your job to the best of your ability. But when people are looking at this and they feel like everything has to be wrapped in that, and, and the reason I, I think that they feel that way is that there's almost a guilt in seeing how much is going on in the world and you almost don't want to let yourself just have a little fun. It's like there's that that little thing that says you, you shouldn't be able to do that. I'm going to throw this out at you is inspiration is important. Motivation is important. And if you can open up this Moonshine Bigfoot comic and you can imagine a world where your biggest problem is this rough and tumble Yeti across the street who might, you know, maybe he has language that's not appropriate for your kids or maybe he hasn't showered in a week. If that's the biggest thing you have to worry about, if you can imagine that for 20 pages, that's going to be better for your life too. That's going to make you want this world to be better because for 20 pages, you had a better world. Exactly. You can, I think it's so important at balance in life and comics and art and in your personal life and your diet and how you live, how you treat other people. Everything is balanced. When you're imbalanced, that's, and I think as a society we are right now, obviously all we do is scream at each other. All we do is scream at each other. And artists, i.e. comic, let's just say comic books, we're here, has to live within that, that uh, paradigm where everybody's chewing at each other. So it creates a lot of, uh, as you say, it's wrapped up. Well, I see it more as like a corral and it's getting smaller and smaller that you have to operate in. Otherwise you get in trouble with this angry side, this angry side, this group of people, blah, blah, blah. And it, it becomes less about art achievement and more about what can I do not to offend people. And th that really hamstrings art. Uh, you'll hear comedians talk about it and things like that. I can't really be an artist anymore. And I think it's so important to, to your point. Yes, we have to all be affected by what's going on in the world. And uh, the guilt's part of that. And it, it, it's a well-deserved guilt in most inst instances. And we do have to fix society. But if that's all, you put all your energy and all your attention on that, uh, I, I think it all just there's no release. There's no balance. The scale just king just falls to one side and you can't get it to go level anymore. And I think the important thing with good comedies uh, is especially kind of an action adventure comedy, uh, at least in the comic book field, it works better that way is you can let go for a minute, laugh and let all that tension out. And then when you come back to deal with a problem, you're not pent up. You've relaxed a little bit. It's like uh, going for a walk with your dogs. It, 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 no matter what problem is going on in my life or who lied to me or an editor was, uh, uh, did this or that or whatever happens in my career, I go for a walk with my dogs in the mountains and I forget about it and I level out. And there's some uh, and bring some levity to my life. And then I could watching them play and blah, blah, blah. I come back and I can deal with my problems a lot more effectively. So that's why I think comedy is so important. And I think people are so scared right now. We haven't had a good comedy in a while, especially in comic books. I think there's a chasm as big as the Grand Canyon hole that needs to be filled where we have actually fun books, too. 
And then, you know what, the important books will carry a more effective weight because again, you're balanced and you can, you can pay attention with a more uh, open mindedness without all your emotions tied up and pent up and, and uh, it just wound up like a rubber band to where everybody's ready to snap. So I think, I think not that it, I'm applying some great noble effort that I'm doing. I'm more being selfish. I want to have fun again. So that's why we're doing this book. And I think the amazing crew that we have of creators feels the same way. We just want to detach for a few months and make four issues of something that if money were no object in life, all five of us would be making this book. And I think that's important with art creation. And, and that's something I steal from uh, the philosopher Alan Watts. It, when you're going to find a meaning in your life or what you're going to do with your life, the best thing you can do is pretend money doesn't exist if, if for that, if, but for that moment. And, and be honest with yourself. If, I, if money did not exist, what would you do with your time? And mine would be creating comic books, both serious ones, both fun ones, ones that inspire me, like getting to work with Mignola a couple times, uh, turning Joe Hill's horror stories, bringing them to life. Just these moments would would balance out because in between we get to have some fun and laugh and just cackle with your friends. And and uh, I, I, I would like that balance. So that's what I would do if money were not an object. Unfortunately, I have a mortgage and a wife and a house and dog so so does my creative team and uh we're trying to get a little uh food money uh to do our dream because that's the world we live in obviously so uh uh there you go there's long rambling uh blathering about uh uh my motivation as far as that goes well it's completely fair and i think that's a great place to leave it uh, like I said, I'm going to make sure that everything we talked about, the links to the Kickstarter and the project itself get put in the show notes on my website, aaronbossig.com. Again, if you're getting this fresh, fresh off the internet feed, you have about three days and change to go ahead and get on board with that. Zach, where can people follow your adventures after this is done? Uh, so uh, if you see the screen, uh, uh, there's my social, but I'll say it out loud. On Instagram, uh, which I don't, I'm not the best at, uh, but I do answer everybody's uh, messages every day. It's space friend underscore Z. Uh, and then uh, Facebook, you can just type my name in, Zach Howard. I, I'm everywhere. That, unfortunately, that's the platform I'm, I'm famous on. Uh, uh, and the rest of my name.com, ZachHoward.com, uh, blah, blah, blah. But most of all, go to Kickstarter type in moonshine bigfoot i promise you there's something in there for just at least watch the trailer we worked so hard on that damn trailer uh and i think it's a beautiful minute and a half animation for everyone uh also one last thing if you you back our kickstarter look we've already hit all of our stretch goals you get 13 free comic books from us and they're not chump change comic books you'll be stunned by what you get for free even a one dollar backing gets them every single backer gets those books on top of moonshine bigfoot but uh that's what that's where i'll leave it sir i won't blather anymore and take up more of your time well i'd be glad to have you back anytime you want to come on so thanks for being here honored aaron thank you so much and thanks to all your fans I would like to thank Zach for being my guest today, and I would like to thank you for listening. 
I want to swing back to some of the comments I made right as Zach and I were wrapping up our conversation. And that is that I really do enjoy lifting up independent creators. And I've done that a lot with film and I like doing it with comics and I want to do it more with comics. So if you are working on an independent comic and you're either trying to get it done by a local press or you're trying to distribute it digitally or take it to Kickstarter or any combination of the above, write to me at bossigpodcast at yahoo.com or follow me at Aaron Bossig on Instagram, Twitter, or Hive. Don't forget, you can subscribe to this show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Spotify. Thanks so much, and we'll see you next time.